What is good, everyone? Episode 26 for Truth in Love. Yes, that's right. We are, of course, going to speak about the First, Fifth, and Tenth Amendment, as we do at every beginning of episode. But we always got to give credit to those who brought this information forward, which is Fritz Springmeier, Cisco Wheeler, Joseph Doc Marquis, Richard Bennett, many others that were, few of them actually were not involved into it, but actually came across those that were born into it or adopted into it. And all of them, all these researchers have turned their lives to Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, because they were worshiping Satan. They were practicing Satanism. And they truly believe on the other side that if you drink blood and eat the penal gland, you'll live forever. <laughs> the fountain of youth story, but in a vampiric way, but using demonology. So, because Jesus died once, rose from the dead, three days later, shedding his blood for all, is what covers it. So that way people don't have to create that false sense of power that they will get out of drinking blood and eating penal glands. But of course, I believe that myself. We believe that truth and love. I'm not here to force our faith and beliefs upon anybody else. So if you want to believe whatever you want to believe, go ahead. We're just here to provide the, the in-depth stories of people, where they came from, where they're at now. Not exactly where they're at because we need to keep these people, some of these people, confidential. Um, but just to show that the facts that we dig up match with what these people are talking about. And of course, we're going to continue the rest of the history of Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney World, The Man as well. And there's going to be one more part which is going to be specifically talking about Fantasia the movie, which is going to be all about mind control, and we're going to talk sequence by sequence how that actually plays out when used in mind control programming for the monarch mind control. Then we're going to talk about how prevalent they are some more today, and of course we're going to talk about long-term generational wealth and give that free book at the very end. So that way we all get some sort of freebie for staying tuned into this. Now, the First Amendment is very important because Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Amendment number five. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when an actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case 
to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property, without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Yes. Amendment number 10. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. That is us, we the people, we get to say how this country goes, where it moves, and builds, and thrives, and so forth. Not the career politicians, not the lobbyists, not big banks. No, none of them. Okay, the people actually work the system. They have the final say. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into our awesome history about Disney's occult practice. And we may or may not have mentioned in the previous episode before moving forward on this, Disney actually released a new monument in front of Epcot, that big silver ball <laughs> that you can't miss when walking into Epcot. They literally, not kidding, put a new monument out there in glass, and the etching on there is a pentagram with the world on it. And it looks like it's a nice little touched pizzazz to the place when it really isn't, and they're just really stating the obvious. So they're, it's just becoming so <laughs> um, obvious, and a lot of people are still blind to this fact. But, you know, it has already been written and said many times that people will be blinded and continue to be blinded until they understand reality. But, moving forward onto how the Disney executives have figured out how to steal land all across the United States. Over the years, Walt Disney has developed several very sneaky, reliable techniques to acquire land. They acquire land through their executives and large stockholders and family members of the execs and stockholders. After all the deals are made in the area or in area, and when everything is in place over a period of time, these people then turn their land over to Disney. Disney works with the government officials and local bankers to line up special deals so they can succeed in their plans. After everything is lined up, the corporation announces their plans and goes forward. This methodology has been used repeatedly, for instance, the American History theme park in the Manassas Civil War battlefield area of Virginia, for which Disney had acquired 1,800 acres and has access to at least 1,200 more. In November 1994, after a new Virginia governor was elected, the Virginia Disney's America projected project was announced and Virginia voted almost instantly for the money for transportation infrastructure improvements to the area so that Disney's theme park would be viable. Disney set up three banks in Napa Valley, California. Their banks made loans to old families in the valley. The trust and the wills for these families were made up by Stanford University grads and these people sat on the boards or sat on the boards of these banks, or connect with the boards of these banks, and they charge large fees 
and know every trick in the book to rob people of their estates and their living trusts. The Stanford grads who connect in with intelligence agencies and the mob use certain code words when they set up their business, such as a resource, evergreen, and pacific. There are a number of scared landholders who are being intimidated to sell their land in Napa Valley region if they all haven't been intimidated into selling as of today. And Disney and the government is our next subject. Just prior to World War II, the FBI recruited Walt Disney. His job was to spy on Hollywood or anything else that looked suspicious. Documents obtained from the Freedom of Information Act, in spite of heavy censoring, clearly show that Walt Disney became a paid special correspondent asset of the FBI. He reported to FBI agent E.E. E. Conroy. In 1954, Walt was promoted to spe Special Agent in Charge, SAC, which means others reported to him. After leaving the CIA, ex-DCI, which is the ex-head of the CIA, William Hedgecock Webster, became a lawyer for the Washington, D.C.-based firm of Milbank, Tweed, Hadley, and McCloy. In 1993, when news broke out Walt Disney's FBI membership, ex-CIA and Webster worked with the Disney family to cover up to the public that Walt Disney was an FBI agent, Webster went on TV and had interviews to spread the fabrication that Walt was not connected to the FBI. Why would they do this? Well, one of the countless items that Disney was involved in was the investigation into the disappearance rape of a six-year-old child, Rosemarie Riddle on January 12, 1961. According to documents gotten from the Freedom of Information Act, W.G. Simon was the FBI agent who met with SAC Walt Disney in L.A. about the case. W.G. Simon has been one of those people who has been publicly lying by claiming that Walt Disney never was an FBI agent. The paper trail proves otherwise. Why is it so important to the FBI and CIA to cover up that Walt was an FBI agent? Walt also worked for the CIA, even though documentation of that isn't available. This author, Fritz Springmeier, theorizes that the reason the FBI and CIA are so touchy about letting people know that Walt worked for the government is that the network knows how the FBI and CIA work together to procure children for mind control programming purposes. Since we went over that with the Rockefellers, them setting up the FBI. Because Disney and Disneyland played such an enormous role in mind control, Disney's connection to them, although on the surface a seemingly minor fact, is in reality a minor fact, setting on top of an enormous ghastly secret. When World War II started, the government incorporated the Disney Studios into the war machine. The military paid Disney $80,000 for 20 training cartoons, which cost Disney $72,000 to make. Disney Studios also made some secret films for the, the military. Mickey Mouse and Goofy cartoons were slanted to have war themes. For instance, Goofy cartoon of 1941 the Art of Self-Defense and 
How to Be a Sailor in 1944. Perhaps in honor of the contribution Disney had made to the war effort, Mickey Mouse was the password of the Allies for millions of men on the big D-Day invasion on June 6, 1944. Walt Disney produced a cartoon showing Donald Duck paying his taxes faithfully. The film was entitled The New Spirit. It was very successful in getting Americans to comply with the IRS. In 1946, Disney made a film for the public schools for sex education entitled The Story of Menstruation. For the United Nations, Walt Disney created It's a Small World attraction for UNICEF for the 1964-65 World's Fair. This attraction was moved to the theme parks and has been a major feature for mind control. After learning of the enormous amount of mind control programming going on during after hours in secret tunnels at Disney, as well as the public facilities, it makes more sense why the Russian premier Nikita Khrushchev would be denied a visit to Disneyland by the U.S. government due to security considerations when he was visiting the U.S. in September 1959. Khrushchev, obviously, had his own security working in tandem with American security, and the intelligence people, for whatever reasons, didn't want the complication of these Russians going to a major programming site. Some powerful military men have been connected to Disney films. Two former commanding officers of the USS Alabama nuclear sub were technical advisors for the Disney film Crimson Tide. Walt Disney was tied to the U.S. government, and recent disclosures of show that he was tied to the FBI. Walt used his FBI connection to destroy the life of Art Babbitt, who had led the strike against Disney in 1940. Babbitt found that everything he attempted in life after the strike was ruined by some hidden power. And was Walt part of the naval intelligence attached to the FBI? Or was he part of the FBI that was involved with child procurement and mind control? In the 1950s, the Illustrious Council began organizing covens on the West Coast and began solidifying their power. This comes from several independent sources, confidential. Likewise, it's clear that Disney didn't have the clout in 1953 with local governments that it does today. Walt Disney was unsuccessful when he tried to get permission from the city of Los Angeles and the Burbank City Council for the construction of Disneyland, called Disneylandia at the time, in the Burbank area. One Burbank councilman told Walt, We don't want the carny atmosphere in Burbank. Inconsistently, within a few years, they gave permission to Universal to build an amusement park in Burbank, which opened in 1964. Disney then asked the Stanford Research Institute to locate a spot for Disneylandia, which is, of course, changed to Disneyland, which they found at Anaheim. In recent years, Disney decided they wanted to build another amusement park called California Adventure across, across from Disneyland. In order to do so, the interstate highway will have to have changes, which it did. 
and the Anaheim City Council needed to approve the large 55-acre expansion. In contrast to the Burbank City Council in 1953, Anaheim City Council was enthusiastic about the expansion in spite of lots of local opposition. The locals complained at council meetings to the city council that the city had no business go going hundreds of millions of dollars into debt to help a corporate giant. Anaheim will issue $400 million in bonds. Locals also raised concerns that the public school system in Anaheim is stressed to the breaking point where they're considering going to half days and that Disney Corporation should give as much consideration for the school children of Anaheim as they do their amusement park. Disneyland's president, Paul Pressler, bragged about Disney's new California park. Quote, Disney's California adventure is really a celebration of the fun, the beauty, the people, and the accomplishments of this magical state. We really have set out to try to capture a bit of what the California dream is all about. Sounds like the dream is to be wealthy and control people. The elite would rather give us bread and circus than an education. Dragonette films were done in part at the Disney Studios, and in an office memo from the 66 new L.A. SAC FBI agent to Hoover on December 16, 1954, which was obtained via the Freedom of Information Act, the typed memo states, Mr. Disney was volunteered representatives of his of this office complete access to the facilities of Disneyland for use in connection with official matters. Historically, we now know that Disney's use for official matters included mind control. Going on to Disney and mind control while we're at it. At Disneyland, visitors are taken in a boat where dolls sing, sing an around-the-world theme song. It's a small, small world. <laughs> and for me, I always hated going on that ride. I could never stand it. It was, <laughs> to me, it was just very aggra aggravating. It was, it was literal, it, to me, it felt like torture. <laughs> it literal, it literally felt like torture to me, listening to that, going through the same thing. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why am I here? But anyway, moving forward, <laughs> these doll world parts of the amusement parks are used for programming assassination and espionage altars. The song and dolls play important roles in these altars mind control programming. Some slaves at around age 19 have this type of programming tested to make sure it is solidly in place. The song, It's a Small World, was composed by the Sherman Brothers for Disney originally as a theme song for a ride at the 1963 to 1965 New York World's Fair. The Sherman Brothers were talent that Disney discovered. They were born in New York City and both graduated from Beverly Hills High School. They wrote Disney songs for at least 29 films. Mind control slaves who repeatedly bump into each other but don't know why will be found saying, it's a small, small world. Both rituals and programming go on at Disney amusement parks during both the day and night. Stephen Rockefeller and Walt Disney traveled and spent time together with Dr. Hadley Cantrill, an establishment expert on human behavior. Go ahead and check out 
the book, there was, this is how it's entitled, There Was Once a Time of Islands, Illusions, and Rockefellers. New York, Harcourt, Race, Jovanovich, 1975. When Walt Disney began Walt Disney World, he sent Cardwalker to the Florida Capitol to request quid pro quo, and the governor gave it to Disney. What that meant is that Disney's property in Florida was totally controlled under Disney's jurisdiction. They had their own laws, their own police force, their own hospitals, and their own tax rate. No outside authority would interfere with Disney's jurisdiction. Disney World's finances would be untouchable and out of sight by the state of Florida. Never had so much power been given away. Disney World became its own crime syndicate within the syndicate. Disney amusement parks are like a city within a city. They have their own security forces and the local police allow the Disney security forces to take care of their turf. Disney has their own policies, their laws, and some of the security forces can be identified in plain clothes with clean-cut hairstyles and have communication devices. The security forces have a headquarters room where the TV monitors display live the exit points at Disney as well as other locations. America's Most Wanted has a fairly large file on children who have been kidnapped at Disney's amusement parks. One mother who got separated from her child when getting off a train frantically told a guard her child was missing. The guard took her to the, the monitor room and where they saw the kidnapper carrying the child out of the park, the boy slumped over his shoulder. In that short a time, the kidnapper had drugged the child, cut his hair different, and put a different shirt on him. This anecdote was mentioned in, in Inside the Mouse on page 52. As written before, white slavery is part of what Disney is all about. This mother was one of the fortunate few who did manage to find their kidnapped children. An insider states that the Disney police are definitely part of those moving and abusing innocent children brought in for occult rituals. In addition, the Disney security forces spy on their own employees. Now, as with the employees, do not enter the theme parks like the visitors, nor do they move around like the visitors. They have underground tunnels and underground entrances and facilities for that. One victim of total mind control mentioned that a tunnel entrance was at the Matterhorn Mountain at Disneyland. The Matterhorn was opened by Walt and his good friend Richard Nixon, who rode in the first car down the mountain. The Disney productions have given the illustrious council the cover to bring illusionists, magicians, and special effects artists without anyone being suspicious. Some of these men were able to apply their talents toward programming children. As an example of their talents, Disney special effects artists were able to create 16 realistic-looking cadavers for the 1989 film Gross Anatomy. Walt Disney Incorporated has teamed up with the Los Alamos and Sandia Labs, two other groups which are heavily involved in mind control and people control to develop body scans, branding and access codes for the visitors to Disney's theme parks. Each of the Disney theme parks, such as Disneyland, Disney World, Euro Disney, and so on, 
have vast underground facilities. These underground facilities allow many of the workers to get to the ride areas via underground passages. Each theme facility also has a vast infrastructure underground in order to maintain it. Yeah, it's pretty extensive because the underground areas contain wardrobe design and repair units, okay, fitting rooms, restrooms, cafeterias, security units, computers, freight ramps, utility encasements, and large connecting tunnels. The underground areas also have programming rooms. They have their own power plants and water systems and their own police force. Disney Company employs 71,000 people at several locations. Tone, really, it was the recent TV shows used the figure 40,000 Disney employees. People are coming, off, coming and going 24 hours at the Disney theme parks. Here's where it's crazy because three shifts keep up the 24 hour business. The night crews maintain and repair the parks for the thousands of people that will soon arrive in the morning. Disneyland makes a natural prop for carrying out mind control. The items they sell are also natural props, such as the Goofy Watch 1995, which really is, has hands that move backward to confuse a slave as to what time it is. I mean, who really wears those anymore except for really an accessory? <laughs> now, was Walt Disney aware of how Disneyland was used for programming? There is no doubt. Disney lived much of nights at Disneyland. That's right. And had an apartment at the firehouse near the train station on Main Street. Which you can see, it's up on the left and there's literally a sign that points to it. At night, if he was not doing anything else, he'd roam the grounds of Disneyland, scribbling notes on his own distinctive blue paper, which he'd leave for workers to follow the next day. The notes would say such things as, replace these flowers, or move that bench. This was in Prince of the Magic Kingdom, page 25. Walt Disney knew everything that went on in his Magic Kingdom. The Epcot Center and Disney Amusement Park Market, excuse me, Disney Amusement Parks Market, all kinds of occult triggers, including crystals, rainbows, wizards, and more, that reinforced the programming. The Epcot Center has two glass pyramids along with its journey into imagination. Disney World has the island of Atlantis on its sub-tour. Fantasyland is one of the most used tours of Disneyland for mind control purposes. It has carousels, merry music, an incredible castle, boat rides, storybook characters, and so on. Sleeping Beauty Castle with its blue turrets and gold spires is the central visual object of Disneyland. You cross the drawbridge to get into it. Inside Fantasyland are illustrious council programming sites such as the Mad Hatter Teacups, King Arthur Carousel Horses, and Snow White's Forest. In the far corner of Disneyland's New Orleans Square is the Haunted Mansion. This mansion is designed to frighten and scare, and it has an ingenious design and many special effects and illusions. Realistic ghosts and screeching raven, howling voices, and other scary things welcome the visitor. 
life-size holograms are created at the Haunted Mansion and dance in sync with the music and then fade out at certain points. There's a hologram of a woman's head in a crystal ball who chatters non-stop. A real good laugh for the programmers of a little child. When you are toward the end, you'll have a chance to look into a mirror where a hologram ghost will nestle up beside you. Star Spear is another great programming location at Disneyland. Okay, that's the Star Tours that it turned into. That they've been changing up before they had that uh, Star Wars section to itself. Star Tours. But it was the creation of George Lucas and the Disney Imagineers who did this because the technology is borrowed from Star Wars and is similar to flight simulators used by the military to train pilots. Disneyland Hotel offers character breakfasts where children eat breakfast with Disney characters to people who make special arrangements. U.S. Special Forces, which carries out mind control, owns two hotels near Disney World, and the Mormons have one as well. Knott's Berry Farm, with its ghost town, amusement park, and its Charlie Brown themes, characters, is near Disneyland. One of the Disney executives began one of the most horrible trauma-based mind control programming centers in L.A. called Magic Castle, a comedy warehouse. This trauma center had horrible torture chambers. Children were brought in from South and Central America to be programmed at the Magic Castle. A brave L.A. policeman exposed the place for which he lost his job and eventually was able to get the site closed. One of Disney's recent ventures in their Disney Institute which Newsweek labeled the Disneyland of the Mind in Newsweek, March 4th, 1996, page 61. A private club called Club 33 at Disneyland is located upstairs in the New Orleans Square and is believed to be involved in mind control. Club's den supervises children's activities at the Wilderness Lodge Resort at Walt Disney World. Now, at Disney MGM Studios, the major attraction is the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, which is now Guardians of the Galaxy. And guests take a strange, scary trip through the hotel. This is about the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, where guests are finally sent into an elevator that drops out of control 13 stories. The ride has been advertised on TV. Disneyland now has Indiana Jones Temple of the Forbidden Eye, which is simply a temple to the all-seeing eye, the illustrious council symbol. Visitors who have the patience to wait in line can strap themselves in for a ride that is like a jackhammer that jars the rider through a temple filled with snakes, rats, and mummies. One aerobics teacher couldn't walk for three days after the jarring ride, which comes across as hokey. The experience is more traumatizing than fun, but then maybe it is what was intended in the first place. Years ago, when uh, Hilton Head Island in South Carolina was exposed as a watering hole of the powerful elite, including retired generals and admirals, and a site for the elite's renaissance weekend meat market, they keep changing names, so that's why they're on the whole Pizzagate now and <laughs> Obamagate and all that stuff. But remember that one time Hilton Head Island was private, with imported alligators in the water around it. 
person was only allowed on the island by going through security gates with a clearance. Later on, Disney's Hilton Head Island Resort was mentioned about this, that the resort, built by Disney Vacation Development Incorporated, is located on a 15-acre private island linked to Hilton Head Island by a narrow bridge. Members to the Disney Vacation Club can exchange time for vacations at Disney and other resorts around the world. Memberships cost minimum $9,412, which was back in the 90s, so it's probably gone up by now. But also going based upon the Club 33 for the Vacations for the Elite, it is only available for... You got it. It had an early launch, and then it quickly closed out. Because my mom, she got an invitation to join into Club 33. I think it was like really cheap or free or something like that, and then they closed it up. Good thing, because I don't know what's going on there, because right now, as Club 33, the way you can only get in is if you're an executive or are invited by one of the executives. So (laughs) that just goes to show that it's a part of it. But there is an offshoot club to Club 33. I can't remember what it's called, but the minimum is like $15,000, and you have to have a minimum group of a dozen people, like 12 people or more. Well, there's like 11 or 12 people or more, something like that. Maybe it was maybe it was less, but you had to have a group of people just to get into it anyway. But Melody Land, that's right, Melody Land, right smack across... From the entrance of Disneyland is the Assembly of God's Melodyland Christian Center, the birthplace of 10, Trinity Broadcasting Network. The Assembly of God denomination has been heavily infiltrated by the illustrious council, and has been heavily used as a front for programmed slaves. Paul Crouch, president of Trinity Broadcasting Systems Incorporated, was affiliated with Melodyland in 1973 when TBS was getting, ti- getting started. At that time, Melody Land was a rich, heavily infiltrated, charismatic church with its share of programmed multiples. In 1973, closet homosexual minister Jim Baker and his wife Tammy Fay, a programmed multiple, were with Paul Crouch in Anaheim at Melody Land. Paul Crouch had been the assistant pastor of Baker's home church in Muskegon, Michigan. Crouch's right-hand man was Alexander Valderrama, a charismatic Roman Catholic. TBS used an abandoned military base as their TV complex, using hangars as studios. In the early 70s, ABC put Baker and Crouch's early shows on their affiliate stations on Sunday morning. Baker had already gotten his career kicked off with Illuminatus Pat Robertson and his 700 Club. Jim Baker split and went to the East Coast to help Baker with his money. Bill Perkins, who had been a financial analysis for the World Order's Mind Control research at Sandia National Labs in Livermore, came to help Baker run his ministry's finances. Later, televangelist Baker began building Heritage USA, which was to be a big money resort. Baker hired people who had worked for Disney to construct Heritage USA. Baker studied Disneyland, Disney World, and other Disney places 
as a model for Heritage USA. After Disney World opened in Florida, Jim Baker was a regular visitor to it. Heritage USA's featured Heritage was modeled after Disney's Fort Wilderness. Excuse me. Heritage's Fort Heritage. <laughs> USA's Fort Heritage was modeled after Disney's Fort Wilderness. Main Street was modeled after the Magic Kingdom's Main Street, and Disney's wrought iron fencing was also copied. Most people are aware of Jim Baker's $265,000 payoff to Jessica Hahn to keep her sexual services to him a secret. His longtime homosexual relationship with his right-hand man, David Taggart, and his prison sentence, James Orson, named after Orson Welles, Baker was from Muskegon, the same place that Kathy O'Brien, a freed mind-controlled slave, came from. He was born premature and had some interesting family situations that make his family suspects. While Kathy O'Brien got programs via the Catholics, Jim was part of another denomination which also was into the programming, the Charismatic Assemblies of God. His grandfather, who lived next door to Jim, where Jim spent much childhood time, was with was popularly known in town as Huckster, and nicknamed Kingfish after the manipulative character on Amos and Andy. Tammy, his wife, grew up in International Falls, Minnesota, in poverty, in the home of her stepfather and mother. Besides having a shopping demon, she has had her share of phobias and mental problems, as, she, as can be expected from someone who has had to suffer through programming. It would be worth pointing out who has come to Jim Baker's rescue when he was under attack. For instance, on Thursday, October 4, 1984, when Jim was under attack, Jim Baker's show had six people give endorsements in praise of Jim Baker. Those were Ronald Reagan, Dale Evans, Robert Schuller, Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, and Rex Hubbard. Of those that we know for sure that all are Masons except for Rex, who may or may not be, Robert Schuller, Billy Graham, and Oral Roberts are Christian ministers who participate in using and handling mind-controlled slaves. These three ministers all participate in secret satanic rituals. The last few paragraphs have given only a sketchy picture of the intimate relationship between Disney mind control and the charismatic movement and its use of trauma-based total mind control. Let's go to Disneyana, or Disneyana, for the programmed and obsessed. Now, for people who have been programmed with Disney programming and who are obsessed with Mickey Mouse and everything else about Disney, and for other people who've just, you know, for the sake of it, collecting the spirit for Disney memorabilia, there is a group called Disneyana. Disneyana was organized in the 1980s and consists of people who are cult-like in their devotion to anything true Disney. Some of them express their devotion outwardly, tattoo their bodies with D Disney characters. This group holds their annual convention at the Contemporary Resort in Florida. One Disneyana at the annual convention said, We collect to keep the good feeling inside. Another, when interviewed, said, This is why it's all about love. Yeah, Fritz Springmeier and us as well know as a fact some of the men who are obsessed with Mickey Mouse and Disney items are programmed multiples. Okay? 
one of Kenneth Anger's occult friends, has had the world's largest Mickey Mouse collection. Who is Kenneth Anger? Kenneth Anger, a member of LaVey's Magic Circle and later his Church of Satan, is an occultist and an underground filmmaker. Kenneth Anger, he, cho he chose that last name, Anger, was raised on the Wizard of Oz books. His biographer, Bill Landis, writes that the Oz books laid the groundwork for Ken's attraction to Crowley, the occultist, who would re rework Rosicrucian thought into his own magical system. Ken was obsessed with Crowley's life and magic. As a child, Ken had danced with Shirley Temple in competition after she became a child star. Ken Anger loved the OTO's solar phallic religion and was also obsessed with Mickey Mouse. He spent part of his time studying his friend's Mickey Mouse collection. Ken Anger did his casting for his film, Lucifer Rising, by telling occult friends and acquaintances that they could live out their goddess or god power trip fantasies by acting for him. The British government's National Film Finance Corporation fronted £15,000 for Lucifer Rising's production. Famous occult musician Jimmy Page did the same track gratis. Or gratis excuse me. Ken Anger acted for the film's Magus and made his Magus role resemble Mickey Mouse in the film Fantasia. The role of Fantasia plays mind control programming, as we're going to go on that in the next episode. Lucifer Rising also starts with Fantasia-type volcanoes. Another of his well-known films was Invocation of My Demon Brother. Mind control features in Disney movies is our next subject. The elements within Disney movies that are intentionally put in for mind control would take volumes to describe and podcasts to explain. A detailed description of how just one Disney movie is used as a programming script soon follows. Fantasia was selected as the example. A random sampling of features in Disney movies for mind control programming could include Cogsworth, The Enchanted Mantle Clock, and Beauty and the Beast. The character Doorknob, which is Doorknob portrayed as a person in the Disney cartoon Alice in Wonderland, is useful for programming doorknob alters. The Blue Yonder is a Disney movie on time travel of a young boy. Time travel movies are used for programming to mess up the victim's sense of time. Disney film, animated alphabet, has letters which come alive, which is useful for programming. And what about the 1982 Disney movie Computers Are People 2? as well. All the illustrious council members that we are aware of who have received trauma-based total mind control were taught to astrally project and study on the astral plane what they needed to learn. A Disney movie that portrays this is Goofy over Dental Health. This is an educational film released by Disney in 1991 and again in 1993, where Goofy places a magical toothbrush under a child's pillow so that the child astral projects to a dentist's office and, while on the astral plane, studies how to have healthy teeth. Illustrious Council alters believe that trees and flowers are alive as well. In 1932, Disney film Flowers and Trees is a story about two trees who fall in love. 
The film portrays the occult belief that trees can talk and sing. Internally, altar systems will be constructed with singing trees and flowers that represent people and which are altars. The singing trees give out internal codes to move altars internally where they need to go. Return to Oz, 1985. This Disney film begins its storyline about a girl who is brought to have or is thought to have psychological problems because of her tales of Oz. She is warned not to talk about Oz by her relatives. She's taken to a psychologist who wears a big ruby ring, who tells Dorothy that electroshocks won't hurt her and that we are at the dawn of the new of a new age. Dorothy is told that her memories are just dreams that stem from excess electrical current in the brain. She is sent to a mental institution to receive shock treatments for talking about Oz. A lightning storm allows her to escape the shock treatments, and when she sleeps, she wakes in Oz. In Oz, she goes through many mind control scenarios, ruby slippers, mirrors, and so on, and toward the end visits with evil Mombi, princess of Oz, who keeps Ozma, Dorothy's twin, as a slave. Mombi eventually casts a spell and enchants Ozma into a mirror. Sci-fi author J.D. Vinge, in her Return to Oz, based on the screenplay, writes on page 211 to 212. Dorothy gazed at herself in the mirror, seeing her own reflection, and remembering the moment when she had looked at herself and seen someone else there. Someone to like her that it could have been her sister. End quote. Parts of this film were filmed near Stonehenge, England. Disney has put out several films of the Wizard of Oz theme, all of which are or were used for programming. The original series of Oz books were by Baum, B-U, or excuse me, B-A-U-M. In 1939, MGM did the famous Wizard of Oz film. In Disney movie Tron, 1982, young computer genius goes in, into an altered state where he ends up becoming a computer program. After defeating the MCP, he returns to the real world. This is simply a programming script. A special effects team created a 3D world, showing how talented Disney special effects people can be in making something seem real. This movie should show people their mind control capabilities. Mathematical Applications Group Incorporated, MAGI, were one of the groups that created the graphics. Disney came out with three videos of new adventures in Wonderland, which are mind control programming. In the mornings here in Portland, between 9 and 9.30, on Channel 21 in the 90s, Disney had a wonderful show every morning, which was mind control programming for children. Within a few minutes, Fritz Springmeier had seen a girl walk through a mirror. The three lives of Thomasina mentioned and a little ditty, I'm a little teapot, where a person becomes a teapot. They also had an under the umbrella scene. This was all pure programming right on TV. Of course, they show the white rabbit as the central figure. ABC, under the auspices of Disney, produced a lengthy 140-minute film. Wild Palms, which depicts illustrious council mind control and life. One individual stated that the Wild Palms movie 
would have made no sense except that having understood mind control, the movie made lots of sense in the light uh, in light of the revelations. The film depicts how children are kidnapped, switched at birth, programmed via TV cartoons, and programmed to kill and use stun guns, and so on. The, films depict, the film depicts illustrious council bloodlines and arranged marriages. Although the name Illuminati or illustrious council is not used, if viewers substitute the name the fathers for illustrious council fathers or Illuminati fathers, they'll get an insider's view of life at the top. The main controllers are addressed by their slaves as papa or daddy or mother. And this is true to life. A person opposed to the father states, One day we will wake up and discover we don't own this country and no one will care. End quote. The movie states that events are not happening randomly. The movie shows an underground tunnel system which has an entrance hidden by a swimming pool. Quite a few actually programming codes were said during the film, for instance. Down, down, down through the pool of tears. And... We're going to go down the yellow brick road now. The movie was created by Bruce Wagner, who obviously is an insider, concerning trauma-based mind total mind control. The fact the movie was made shows the arrogance of the programmer's beliefs that their criminal acts in programming thousands of little children will not be exposed, and that people will, too, will be too stupid to realize that what it put out as fiction is actually mirroring what is happening. It's like they believe their own scripts that if people did find out, no one will care. <laughs> so they think. Because so much of the illustrious council programming involves the creation and programming of three altars linked into trinities, it's not surprising that Disney has helped such triad programming with a series of movies about threesomes, including Three Blind Musketeers, Three Caballeros, Three Little Pigs, Three Little Wolves, Three Lives of Thomasina, Three Musketeers, Three Ninjas, Three Orphan Kittens. From Mickey Mouse, programming that came out with Through the Mirror, where Mickey Mouse steps through his bedroom mirror and ends up in another world, altered state. Not all the Disney movies that have mind control programming themes got released to the public. One unreleased cartoon had Penelope fleeing from a sinister-looking grandfather clock, which is carrying her to another world. It has another scene where Penelope tries to hold on to someone who personifies the wind. George Lucas, who directed the movie Star Wars, which was a movie planned by the Illustrious Council and used for Illustrious Council programming, also directed Disney's movie Captain EO. Captain EO, who looks like a demonic entity, goes to rescue the queen, who looks like the harlot describes as the mystery Babylon in the Bible. The queen is in captivity because, simply, she and her people believe in black and white, which represent good and evil. When they renounce such a belief, they are saved by Michael Jackson, in actual life a mind-controlled slave, playing Captain EO. It's a new age witchcraft film through and through. By the way, Michael Jackson has gone to Disney amusement parks many times, sometimes in disguise. It is public knowledge that his Jehovah's Witness family has been very abusive mentally and physically to their children. 
Disney has put out several movies on how the mind works, such as the educational film The Brain and Nervous System in 1990. The film Runaway Brain is a cartoon where Dr. Frank and Ollie transplants Mickey's brain into a monster body, into a monster's body, and vice versa. 1994 film Puppet Masters shows the government's secret office of scientific intelligence trying to save the U.S. from aliens who live in human bodies. In recent years, Betty Midler has been Disney's main actress. She's possibly a monarch mind-controlled slave who is famous for her mood swings switches in personality, and had a mental breakdown in 1985. Her eyes and body gestures are those of a programmed multiple. She's gone out on tour for Disney without making money, and she is best of friends with Jeffrey Katzenberg, second in command of Disney. Jeffrey Katzenberg, by the way, is extremely disliked by his counterpart, Sid Sheinberg. Bette Midler plays Stella in the movie Stella. Stella is an occult name. In the movie, the script seems tailored for Betty Midler and for someone who is a programmed slave rather than the actress fitting the role. At the movie's end, Stella, Betty Midler, attends her own daughter's marriage by peeking in a window and watching from the outside. This is the script they give so many of the parts of a slave so that they feel unworthy and feel like they are always on the outside looking in at life. Many parts, personalities, of slaves find it hard to connect with real life because they feel they are on the outside looking in. And then in true Disney fashion, Disney had Betty Midler play the role of the lead witch in Hocus Pocus. The movie Hocus Pocus does some Hocus Pocus of its own. <laughs> While pretending to make fun of witchcraft, they actually teach witchcraft. They do that the illustrious council reference. Disney subtly works in deep occult things, such as the all-seeing eye on the cover of the book, and the little girl promising a cat who is a familiar spirit that her descendants would always care for it. True, because the cat was a generational spirit. The cat is killed in the movie, but can't die. Betty Midler, as lead witch in her costume, which has some Mother of Darkness symbology on it, states as she gets ready to take the life force from an innocent, innocent girl... We want to live forever, so we take children's lives. This is wholesome entertainment for children. The Disney capacity for deception extends to its own workers. PR men recruit young women, or excuse me, young people for its Disney college program. They tell the young people what a great stepping stone it will be for their careers. They have been known to make it sound like the greatest thing in your life. Kids come from all over the country due to the slick recruiting tactics to work for Disney. They are then housed in Disney housing, given mental jobs, or excuse me, given menial jobs and paid low, low wages. Most people in the college program leave disillusioned. If the worker happens to think of a great idea, Disney officials have been known to steal the idea, and because the worker was working for Disney, the worker will find that they are unable to get any credit or money for the idea that Disney steals and makes millions off of. One unaccredited creator of a Disney sale item said, literally, they're using everybody for everything. Inside the mouse is where it was quoted on page 239. And that's all we have time for on the history and everything that we've talked about. We're going to talk about, of course, 
the Fantasia movie on the next episode. Stay tuned. I'm just going to hear a word from our sponsors and be right back. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I want to thank you all for listening in on this podcast. It really does mean a lot. I haven't done all the work here at Truth and Love, but many others have done such tremendous work. So we really appreciate those that did come forward. Appreciate everyone on this because as our long-term generational wealth, we always talk about the economic patterns of the elites. So our disclaimer we are not licensed financial advisors, we are not licensed attorneys, we are not licensed asset protection specialists, we are not licensed tax attorneys, we are not licensed tax accountants. So if you have anything that has to do with any of those fields, or anything specifically dealt with that, go to your specialists, they'll take care of that for you. We're here to provide the concepts to save you time so you can get a head start. But moving forward, we're going to go ahead and talk about Lifetime Brands, which has gone up after... Three weeks. When we last mentioned it, it was at seven dollars and twenty cents a share, and is now at eight dollars and eighty-nine cents a share. Ooh, look at that! It's gone up, huh? <laughs> you think we're playing around with these stocks? No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, we we actually watch it. So be careful of it. These are long-term stocks. So we really only want to speak about this when they're truly on the up and up. And based on our previous time, they are on the up and up. But of course, what we want to do moving forward into our new government, this is building wealth. We all have to learn about it. We all have to hear about it. We all have to do something about it. We all have to fix it. At this moment in time, we can. Because once the Committee of 300 is replaced, then there's a lot of open seats. Not in the Committee of 300, but as in the government. So, for instance, we would need to remove senatorial class, which is the Congress, Senate, and the House. And this is in America. So if you're listening in another country, it would roughly apply the same way. There's just different names that are used. But we removed the senatorial class from military command and provincial ruling status of, of their state by replacing command to those of equestrian career ranking. Well, that means that these are equities, not financial, but rather leaders in the military campaigns. Those are the ones that will take charge and lead over the military itself. And as for the states, they will always be termed out with someone new. Never the same person over and over and over again. That's why there's career politicians, because it was built into the career politicians when it wasn't originally that. So, based on that, there are three different companies we want to look out for. And one of them, most people have heard, but the other two are actually something of more concerning that we want to watch out for because these are companies that are part of the illustrious council themselves that are in big pharma. Now, one of the three is Monsanto. Many have heard of Monsanto, not many know 
much about Monsanto other than GMO, genetically modified food, or genetically modified organisms. Here's the thing is that we have science to be able to replicate and produce more than what we have, but the way that it's being done is evil. So, Monsanto is poisoning people. Next one, Eli Lilly Company. Some of you have heard it, some of you may have not have heard it. But Eli Lilly Company had George Herbert Walker Bush as a board of, as a director on the board of directors. And Eli Lilly Company is connected directly to Rockefeller through C. William Verity Jr., who's director of Eli Lilly and Chase Manhattan by working with Mrs. Rockefeller, U.S. Tech. So Eli Lilly Company is on the Fortune 500 list. Last time I checked. And then there's also the other one. It's called Sterling Drug Company. Okay, It's now owned by GlaxoSmithKline or SmithKline Beecham, which is B-E-E-C-H-A-M. And mine is B-E-A-C-H-A-M, so please do not get that mixed up. I don't have any relations to any of these big pharma companies. If I did, trust me, I'd be doing a lot more right now than having a podcast and some other things. <laughs> but I'd be doing what I can to dismantle it. But I'm not related to it in any way. So, yes, the name of the company, Glaxo, SmithKline, or SmithKline Beecham. Those are the two names. But Gordon T. Wallace was on the board of directors and... A board of director of the Federal Reserve of New York. Now, why is that important? Well, six years before the Federal Reserve of New York tried a hostile takeover of Irving Bank Corporation, which is formerly known as Irving Trust, that Gordon T. Wallace was on Irving Bank Corporation six years before. The Federal Reserve, New York, tried the hostile takeover. These people play both sides of the field. So we don't have much to go on with Gordon T. Wallace. But if you have extra additional info, please share that. I'm more than happy to put this in with the accumulated information. But so far, these are the three. Eli Lilly Company. Glaxo Smith Klein or Smith Klein Beecham and Monsanto. Okay, those are three drug companies that are connected to the illustrious council for sure, for sure. And of course, we have our awesome book everybody is waiting for. It's another one by Kathy O'Brien. There's three books that I recommend she's written. This last one is called Access Denied. For reasons of national security. And this was when, this was really another part of her story, what she was going through in the mind control itself. But that is all we have time for today. And we appreciate everyone so much into listening to all this awesome content that we research up on and pull together for everyone. And we always say that 
These people that bring the information forward are born-again believers in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, Savior, Yeshua HaMasiach, who died on the cross, rose again three days later, is blood-shutting for everyone to be accepted into heaven. It is a free gift. No, not as in a cultish way. It was actually turned that way by Satan. So, again, we're not here to press our faith and beliefs upon anybody. We're just here to tell everybody how it is with people where they came from and where they're at and the facts that line up with it. So until next time, everybody, peace out. We'll be on part six going into Fantasia, the movie. Laters.